I'm putting on shit, I know my city proud as hell Pain in the scars, in the hood we stayed Dealing raw, now I get paid with the bars Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another episode of the Poly Rob Podcast. I'm the Kelsey Poly Rob. I appreciate y'all tuning in with me. You know what I mean? It's been a long time. I know. I understand. Y'all going to beat me up when y'all see me. I get it. But I'm here. And I'm going to keep bringing y'all new episodes. So make sure you like and subscribe to the Poly Rob Podcast on all podcast platforms. You know, we got Stitcher Radio. We got uh, you know, Spotify, we got iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And I'm happy and excited because I'm back to doing my videos of the Polyrod Podcast on YouTube. So if you're watching me right now, you see my background. You see my background, y'all. I'm doing my show with my new backgrounds. I'm doing new, I'm doing new flash shit from now on. I'm not finna shortchange y'all. I'm finna go up. You know what I'm saying? Make sure y'all check out my workload shirts, workload clothing. You know what I'm saying? Workload collection, I would say. And make sure you go on the website, uh, workload.shop to shop for that. You know what I'm saying? You'll get some treats, different flavors, different intricate colors that I use for the shirts. Cause I want y'all to look fly. You know what I'm saying? To, today I'm wearing the uh, lime green and black workload T, you know what I'm saying? Unisex T. Woman can wear it. Man can wear it. As long as you fly, you can wear it. You know what I'm saying? And then they got a special, got something special on it. Just scan the uh, the QRC code and just peep something special. You know what I mean? I'm back again. I appreciate, you know, y'all just holding it down while I've been gone. You know what I mean? I know it's been a lot. I've been working heavy. I've been working a hell of a lot. And then it's been a, you know, respectfully speaking, it's been a lot of, uh, a lot of passings in my time, like, you know, just within the past couple months, you know what I'm saying? Um, I want to give a rest in peace to my boy, DJ Bleep, you know what I'm saying? That was my God, that was my heart, you know what I'm saying? Like, he really, really, like, held it down for a lot of people um, in the music industry and just naturally as a friend, you know what I'm saying? Um, he passed of cancer, he was battling with cancer. Um, I didn't know that, you know what I mean? But of course, you know, it's not something for the public. Everybody's not going to say that. You know what I mean? But that was my guy, man. He lived his life to the fullest. Yo, I can remember the club nights. Yo, we be wilding. Bottles everywhere. You know, laughing, talking shit. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Joe Moses. Shout out to the whole ALB. Like, that's kind of how, where we got connected. Um, And he's just full of life. You know what I'm saying? And every person that I know that knows him, uh, they have good stories. They have good stories about him and just life as, you know, as it was, you know what I mean? So rest in peace, DJ Bleep, um, you know, rest in peace to uh, Papa Jones, my son's mother's uh, dad. Um, he just passed actually today. Um, and, uh, you know, family's taking it really hard. You know, uh, my kids are doing, you um, a lot better than I thought that they would, you know what I mean? They, they take, they take it on the chin, you know what I'm saying? But it's just been so many other deaths in the world 
And I just want people to stay safe, you know, try your best to stay healthy. I'm definitely trying my best as well. Um, and, you know, it's just been a lot. So you can see why I've been away on top of me working on movie sets, doing a whole bunch of production. There's a lot of things going on. I'm actually working uh, updates on the music. So I'm working on uh, a project with the Outlaws and Doughboy. Shout out to Doughboy um, called One Nation. I don't know if you guys remember when Tupac was doing his uh, Outlaws run and he was really doing his thing towards the end of his career. Um, he mentioned that he wanted to do a project where he brought together a lot of artists from the East and from the West, and he wanted to call it One Nation because he really felt that it was a collective thing for, you know, all different types of artists to come together and do dope shit. And then it was also like a compilation for um, him, for Pac to just rock with the artists that he felt like was dope that people needed to tune into. He knew that he had the light shining on him. So he was like, yo, let me go ahead and try to spread a lot of that love to as much people as I can. So um, unfortunately, the One Nation project didn't get a chance to come out due to his passing. Um, but, you know, years down the line, shout out to the Outlaws, shout out to Edie, shout out to Noble. Um, they decided to honor his wishes it actually put out the One Nation project. And uh, it's coming out soon. It's actually coming out September 13th. I have had the privilege on producing on a couple of records, um, as well as uh, mastering the entire project, which I'm happy about that. Um, and when I tell you the, the artist that's on this project, like it's phenomenal. Not only the legendary Smith & Wesson, you know, Buckshot, Sebo, um, Spice One, you know, uh, all the way down to the new cats like Conway and, you know, Burner and um, um, Jay Worthy to God Fahim. And then we got some legendary, legendary artists like CeeLo, Wyclef, uh, Crazy Bone, like, yo, like this project is crazy. And I've got a chance to be a part of it. Local astronauts got a chance to be a part of it uh, and contribute the best way we know how. And I got some dope records on there, y'all. I'm just going to keep it 100, y'all. I'm just got some dope records on there. Um, I can't wait for y'all to hear the features that's on there. Um, September 13th, please look out for it. They're, they're going to drop the first record, which is called uh, Lessons of the Legends uh, this week. And this is like a record... Um, that kind of personifies all of the fallen soldiers in our hip hop uh, in all eras. You know what I'm saying? So it's a really dope song. It's going to be playing on the radio, serious radio, and hopefully major radio as well, but for sure, serious radio. Um, and I just want y'all to check that out. I'm not even going to tell y'all who's on it. I just want y'all to check it out. This shit is phenomenal. This shit is dope. You know what I mean? Uh, as well as uh, I got a, a project with Noah James that we got coming soon called Kaiju. That's crazy. And that's phenomenal. Um, and uh, I definitely want to talk about the Lord Mob concert that's coming um, September 3rd. Um, it's coming up real soon. And my boy Flea Lord, you know what I mean, from Lord Mob, that is his company. Uh, he's going to go rock on stage at the Catch One. Go get your tickets. Stop playing with me and go get your tickets at the Catch One. You know what I'm saying? TF, Funk P, 
uh, 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 G4 Jag. Yo, it's finna be crazy. Shout out to me, fucks. You know what I'm saying? Holding it down. And shout out to the whole Lord Mob squad. Shout out to Doughboy. Doughboy put that together as well. Where he's assisting putting that together. And we finna rock out. Yo, so for this weekend, I'm gonna keep it 100. If you don't have no drink in front of me, if you ain't holding no drink, or you ain't got no bottle, or you're not coming to turn up, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me this weekend. I'm finna have a good time. I'm finna work, but I'm finna have a good time. I promise you. So if you're in California, if you're in LA, get your tickets at the Catch One. Go to Eventbrite. Get your tickets. Uh, hopefully it's not sold out and we finna rock. You know what I'm saying? I got some video shoots from, with my guy Rax from Ohio. Shout out to Sweet. Shout out to Lou. They'll be down here in LA as well. So we got a lot of stuff going. But I, that's just, that, that doesn't even scrape the surface of the things that I've been doing, but I just want to let y'all in and just to be on the lookout for it. You know what I mean? And I appreciate y'all always showing love because I get a lot of comments saying that y'all been tuning in. So I appreciate that. Um, and to say all of that is to bring the topic of today. And I had a conversation with one of my colleagues, um, you know, matter of fact, shout out to Damo, shout out to Damo. I, I'll say his name. Cause he he's a crazy guy. You should go follow his page, Damo uh, D O M O uh, underscore B B E. Guys, crazy. But I had a conversation with him, and he was talking to me about uh, the reasons why he couldn't get back in the studio because I kind of, on an engineering and producing perspective, he said I spoiled him. He said I kind of spoiled him on the process of putting together records. And just the the layout of how we would um, bring the ambiance to the studio. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, at that time, we had a kitchen in our studio. So, you know, me, anybody knows me, they know I cook like a motherfucker. I don't play no games. So we had a kitchen in the studio. So music, food, that's my world. I'm never leaving the studio. I'm going in. So some, some days I would be in the studio and I would just be whipping up something, you know what I mean? Like, I'll, if it's in the morning, niggas gonna get some eggs and pancakes and bacon and shit. And at nighttime, niggas is getting steaks and potatoes of the soul with broccoli. Like, I wasn't playing no games. And in the future, I'm definitely putting together a string of studios that also have kitchens because um, I feel like that just goes one and the same. But he was just talking and kind of expanding on the way we kind of, you know, set up the studio for us to be able to record, you know, whether the lights was changing or whether we had certain people in the studio um, that did certain things. Like it was always uh, a productive setting, but it was cool enough for you to like not want to leave and want to, you know, do as many records as you possibly can. Um, which brings the topic of the day, which I was thinking in my brain, I'm like, Yo, this would be a great topic to talk about. And uh, the topic is, uh, I, I call it, they are the experience. They are the experience. And let me talk about that for a minute. First off, let's, let me explain who's they. Anybody that knows or that's been in the studio before knows that there are the artists, then the producers, the people that's a part of the project, 
And then there's they, them other niggas, the other people in the room. I want to talk about the other people in the room because people may not know it, but a lot of those people are sometimes just as important as the artists on the song. I want to talk about they. They are the experience. Now, for me, in my studio days, um, you know, I've most likely always been the one behind the boards. I'm the one that's pressing the button. Somebody got an idea. It's my job to... uh, sonically or in a tech savvy way, figure out how to get that stuff done. That's my thing, right? So I'm usually in the studio more than anybody that's around me. If the artist is in there for five hours, I'm in there for eight hours. You know, if a singer is in there for two hours, I'm in there for five hours. Like I'm usually the, the, the first one there and I'm the last one to leave. Um, we can almost guarantee that, almost guarantee that. And, you know, as an engineer, you know, if anybody has been an engineer before, you know that that process gets kind of boring. It gets kind of boring. I don't give a shit how dope the records are. The process gets kind of boring because you want to see new things. Like on top of you pressing buttons, you still want to be entertained for some small matter. Like, and I know, you know, sometimes artists be on their shit and they want the producers to stay at the boards and press the buttons, but that's just not how it works with me. Just being honest. It's not how it works with me. And also with me running studios for so many years, I realized that every artist should have their layout of ambiance to be able to do the best that they can just my opinion. I just feel like that's necessary. You know, it might be a cousin that they bring with them all the time um, that, you know, might be rolling up the weed. They might be rolling up the weed. Or it might be, you know, uh, the, the, the singer, if it's a, you know, girl, it might be her homegirls. Or if it's a guy, it might be his girl. You know, like there's different people, you know, that come in the room that help the ambiance of it. And the reason why I'm talking about that is because some people don't know that those people actually more than likely help the studio process more than they take away. And we're going to talk about all of that stuff in a little bit. I just want to kind of break down just the headspace that we want to be in when we're talking about this stuff. You know, Um, I take other people being in the studio almost equivalent to, you know, fans that are on stage. Like, no matter if they like the music or not, they're there to experience what can possibly be. Just at the earliest stage, whatever that record will become, they're tuning in to the earliest stage of it. And sometimes that's important. You know, I've I've been, I've been in sessions where an artist would just... They it's just about them by themselves. And then I've been in sessions where it's artists that got like 30 people with them. And 
the breakdown is different. You know what I mean? Whether the focus is off or not, it depends. But definitely the energy is a lot different. A lot, lot different. And for me, it's like, okay, so for me, I've recorded almost every style of rapper. I've recorded almost every style of R&B artist. I've recorded, recorded almost every style of country singer and a, a little bit of pop, um, certain styles, not all of them. And the one thing that I noticed is that what, what they do to set up the room and the people that's in the room is essential to every genre making music. Like the surface level thing is everybody believes that if you do rap, it's about 30 people in there. That's the number one thing that people think. But that's not necessarily true because I could almost guarantee you that a lot of these R&B singers probably be having more motherfuckers than the rappers. You know, they, they, you, they usually do. They got their homegirls. They usually had a mom or a relative come through just to, you know, see that things is going where they're going. They got the person that like them or the person that they're dealing with there. They got their manager. They got their makeup artist. They got their road manager. They got all type of people in here. All type of people in here. And, you know, it's cool. It's okay. But I want to break down those type of people because I think that's important. I think that's important that you break down those type of people because, you know, for somebody who's not in the studio, they they assume that the person rolling the weed is going to start the trouble. That's not the case. It's not the case. So let's let's break down all of these styles of people. I don't think anybody has done a podcast like this. I don't think anybody has broken down the every style of person that could possibly be in your session. And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the good things about them. The good things, because we we gonna always if it's any if it's anybody that's not the producer or not the artist, you know, you're gonna automatically assume that they're doing something negative. But I want to talk about the positive natures and the positive things that you can get from these people. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you about some experiences that I had in my studio sessions. So let's break it all down. And I, I it's a it's probably gonna be a lot of them, but let's just break it all down. So first off, let's just start off with the weed, man. Let's start off with the person who rolled in the weed. Let's get that out the way. Now, the person who rolled in the weed, the first thing that they doing is making sure that whoever need to smoke, go smoke. Because they probably know one or two people in there who can do absolutely nothing without hitting the blunt. So they usually be the earliest person there along with the engineer rolling the weed. The only time they late is when they actually have to detour and go meet uh, the plug to get some more weed before they get to the studio. But what they do is they're usually the first person to set the tone of what that room is going to eventually become. When they hit the weed, whatever somebody's going to transform into after they hit after they get their little fix, you know, the weed person is usually the first level of 
let's get this ambiance right. Let's get it right. Let's get it popping. Let's get it right. And, you know, whether, whether you're somebody who smokes weed or not, you already know almost what type of vibe this is going to be by you looking at the weed man. You can, you can look at him or her. If they're very, if they're very energetic while they rolling and doing their thing, you kind of figure that the room gonna be energetic when it's time to do this music. But if they're real calm and real easy and this all stars and quasars and shit like that, then they might be a little bit more mellow or they set the tone for it to be a little mellow situation. You know what I'm saying? You can usually tell the, uh, the, the beginning tone of what it can become by just checking the person who rolled in the weed. Now, next person, the homegirl. The homegirl. Now, whether it's a homegirl to a woman or a homegirl to a man, they're here to do the same job. Figure out who the fuck is in the room. That's their number one thing. They figuring out who is in the room, and they're usually the second in command for what's supposed to happen with the people that's not a part of the song. Whoever's a part of the song, they got their own thing. You know, manager could probably deal with that or, or whatnot, or whoever paying for the session. But the homegirl, she there to enforce whatever the hell is finna go on with the rest of the people in the room. If it's a problem, homegirl gonna check it. If it's something, if it's a store run that need to happen, she gonna make sure that shit get done. If it's something that has to do with, you know, they may be missing something, they gotta go back and get something or whatever. She finna establish the protocol of how that's gonna happen. So every time, if for me, I'm gonna keep it 100. Anytime I see a female artist and I see their homegirl with them, I feel good. I feel good because I already know if the artist is on a bullshit, I can talk to the homegirl, get that shit right back in line, right back where it need to be. So homegirl, very essential. And now you ain't got to have all these people in the room, but just know what these people can possibly do for you in the room. Now the manager, we already know what the manager do. Now, if it's a good manager, the manager is going to make sure that all the business is concluded and done before y'all really, really get to where the session need to go. If they're, if they're a manager that really don't know what they're doing, they probably going to ask a lot of questions, but still at the same time, their job is to make sure that the artist is in the right headspace to do the work. They really don't care about nothing else but the actual assets, which is the record. Whatever the record is going to do, whatever we got to get that done for sure. But the manager, if, if they do pull up their job, you know, is to make sure that the assets is taken care of, that it's a nice space for the artist to record, the artist is in the right headspace, they finna do their thing. Boom. That's the artist's job. Now, sometimes, you know, an artist can kind of try to do more, but that's really what they're there for, just to make sure that the assets is being completed. You know what I'm saying? Then you got the close homeboy. Close homeboy. Full protector. 
the homeboy is the full protector. Now, that's key as well because when you're dealing with all types of studios, especially when you're out of town, you have to watch how you move. And in light of that, you have to have somebody who watches how you move and how everybody around you move. The close homeboy is going to do that. He's going to do that. When it's time for you to catch an Uber to go over there, he going to make sure shit is right. Before you walk in a particular door, he going to walk before you. If something pop off, you got to bail him out because he going to take care of it. The close homeboy is going to make sure that the protection is at the highest level that he can possibly put together. Possibly put together. And from so many stories that you hear, you know, studios getting robbed, people getting robbed in studios, especially with niggas with big chains on doing their shit. You got to have your homeboy that's going to go in. That's going to make sure that you heavily protected because you know how it is when you, you in the studio booth, you can only hear yourself. You can't hear what's going on in the room. You need somebody to make sure that whatever's going on outside is, is, is good. It's smooth because you in there trying to be the utmost creative. You're not thinking about nothing regarding safety and protocols. You're not thinking about none of that. You're just trying to create. So you need your close homeboy to hold it down. Now, I'm not saying, disclaimer, I'm not saying that the homegirl and the homeboy can't switch roles. But that's usually how I go. At any given time to switch roles, that's perfectly fine. It's not a problem. Not a problem. So then you got, let's get to some other ones. Then you got uh, the side vocalist. The vocalist on the side. The one who can sing they don't position themselves as really an artist. They just can sing. They just good. So, you know, sometimes people carry, you know, they're most likely a friend. They usually carry somebody that can sing. They got a couple of vocals just in case they got to put some harmonies on something, just in case they got to, you know, do some type of uh, a hook that, that somebody else wrote. But the side vocalists be low key the ones that end up doing some amazing shit. I'm going to keep it 100. Because they don't position themselves as any type of value as an artist, but their talent usually is at a, a, a pretty cool level to where they can get some shit off. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure in the death row days, it was a couple of singers that just came in and just start doing their shit. You know what I mean? I know for sure I've had a couple of people, you know, that's just on the side where he sing or she sing. And I'm like, yo, come, come, come demo this record or come lay this down or come, you know, add some ad-libs on here. And they adding a lot of color to the song. You know what I mean? But they're in the studio session and they're not really, they're not really pushing the issue. They just, they're actually there to enjoy. And sometimes in the back of their mind, they're thinking like, damn, I wish I had an opportunity to do some music. Or I wish I had an opportunity to have my own studio session. And they're thinking that. So, you know, you'd be like, yo, come get on the song. Come lay something down. You know what I mean? And I, man, I've seen some people go from, you know, background singers or, you know, side vocalists 
to end up being a lead vocalist and they're on top of the world now. They're on top of the world. But every now and then, they keep you a nice vocalist around you because they can work motherfucking wonders. They can work wonders. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you got uh, the girlfriend and the boyfriend. They're one and the same. They're one and the same. Girlfriend and boyfriend, they're just there for support. They're there for support. You know, baby, go do your thing. Honey, go do your thing. You know, it's there for support. You know what I'm saying? Whatever they need. Now, I'm going to be honest. It's kind of shaky sometimes, depending on what type of music that you're doing. Sometimes it's pretty shaky when you have your actual mate in the studio. Because I've seen some times, let me just tell you this one story, quick story. I had an artist in the studio and, you know, he was on his trap shit and whatnot, boom, boom. And, you know, he was a cool artist, but he had his girl with him, right? So, you know, cool. He has girl with him. She's sitting up, she's chilling. She's not worried about nothing. She's chilling. She rolling up weed. She's smoking whatever. This nigga get in the booth and first thing he say is, all my bitches bad. And he talk about, you know, girls coming to give him head and he wilding. He wilding. He like, it was like the whole song was about the opposite of what was sitting in the room waiting on him. Was was his girl. Everything was about having, him having a thousand bitches. And, you know, I get it because you're making music. It's not, it ain't got to be, it ain't got to be your real life. I get it. But at the same time, you think she about to listen to 40 takes of you saying, I got a bunch of bitches? Is that what you think going to happen? She's here to give you some moral support. And you said, I have menages every week. At some point in time, Y'all gonna have that conversation. She's gonna pull you to the side. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But all in all, boyfriends, girlfriends, they're about moral support. They're about support. You know what I'm saying? Most likely they probably the one, the reason you over there, you know, they probably done pay for your session, or they probably done drove you up there, or they probably done convinced you that you're talented enough to even take this thing seriously. So, you know, you got to give them kudos for sure, because you know, in, in the best parts of it. Any person who has their their significant other with them, and if they if they love them and they supporting them, you never know what you might do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, shit. Obama had Michelle, and you know he's one of the greatest presidents we ever had. So, you know, I'm just kudos to that. You know what I mean? Moving on. So it's a couple. It's a couple more. It's a couple more. We ain't gonna stop. It's a couple more. And and I and I, and I feel like y'all need to know this type of stuff because. Everybody needs to know how to build their ambiance or build the people around them when they're in, when they're in the studio. And just because they don't have nothing to do with the song does not necessarily mean that they're not going to affect the song. Let me say it again. Just because they don't have nothing to do with the song does not mean that they cannot affect the song. They can affect it in just, just pure energy. You never know. You never know. Moving on. Then we got the one-liner person. Let me explain what the one-liner person is. The one-liner person is the person 
that is in the studio and they're probably a friend to somebody or whatever the case may be, but they're the ones who listen. They listen to the song so much that they actually have that one little piece of input or that one line that's going to complete either the verse or even the nature of the song. It's that one liner person, which they probably don't really even do music. They just, they just visualize or they see a certain part of the song that y'all might be struggling at, or they might hear something that's like, okay, you said that too many times or whatever. Why don't you say this? Those one-liner people be really completing these records. You know what I'm saying? I've heard so many stories of records being done and a person will be like, no, instead of you saying that at the end, say this. And it ended up becoming something fire and great. You know what I mean? And sometimes as an artist, especially as an artist, sometimes you just need that one little line to get you over the hump. Like you might have the first bar, the third bar and the fourth bar, but you just need that one second line to get it all together. And that person could come in and fill that in. You know, you got to have those people and they can be any, they can be any number of people. As long as you don't get it to a point where they, they're throwing ideas down your throat to where you can't focus. As long as you, you know, it's, it's cool. It's in moderation. It's cool. You, you, you can never go wrong with a person just having that one line or one or two lines that can get you over the hump. You know what I'm saying? And then we got, uh, then we got uh, the fun girls. I call them the fun girls, right? Almost in every studio session, you got one or two or five, you know, girls that's in the session and yo, they having a great time. They enjoying, they the life of the party. Soon as they walk in, they're like, what we doing? We taking shots? What we doing? Roll the weed up. Let's smoke. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? They might even interest you in a pill or two. I don't know. I don't know what y'all do in your sessions. I don't do that in my sessions. What I've seen it done in sessions, I don't know. But it's the fun girls, the ones who come and they're strictly for the fun. My suggestion, don't have the fun girls and your girl in the same session. In the same session. I'm sorry. It's not a good rule. It's not. A, I mean, it's not a good thing. Because the fun girls, they're there just to have a good time. And sometimes you need them because you need to feel what the song can do for somebody. You need to see and feel what the song can do for somebody that's not even no level of artist. If a woman walks in and start, hey, you got something. You got something. And sometimes they might change the mood of what you're working on. You might, you might, you know, you might be in there working on some trap record and be like, you know, I kill these niggas, I shoot these niggas. And they might be in there just calm. But then they be like, yo, make something like this. And you start crafting it. And they're like, oh, hey. Now you got one of them things. And you already know if, listen, if they jump in and they going up for the beat or the record in the studio, you know you're on to something. You're on to a hit. 
the fun girls, and, and, let, me, and let me say this, I think this is true. The fun girls are sometimes the most important people in the room and they don't get no credit. They don't get absolutely no credit. They just had fun listening to your song and they proved to you that it could be a hit if you give it a chance because they wild and having a good time. It ends up being a hit. They don't get no credit. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. They don't get absolutely no credit. But they're there for the ride. They're there to enjoy the music. They're there to enjoy what can possibly become. They're like your fans before you get fans. I'm not going to lie. I love having fun girls in my studio session. I love having fun girls in my studio session because they're the ones who will honestly let you know if they're feeling it or not. And they don't even have to say it. It's just if they bobbing their head and they're doing what they're doing or they're continuing on with their happiness while the music is playing, then that means you got something. If they stop and they just start chilling and they just not doing nothing while your music is playing, that means you need to do something different, bro. That means you need to do something different. For sure. For sure. These people make the experience. They're actually giving you a prerequisite for what your stage performance might be like, or, you know, how people perceive your music in the car or how they perceive it, you know, um, when they listen to it on the ear pods, they're giving you a first hand of what that can be like. Cherish that. These people can help give you one-liners, you know, through the conversations, you know, through, through having conversations with these people that have nothing to do with the song. They will spark an idea. You know, I get ideas from arguments. I get ideas from somebody outside yelling on the phone, talk about, no, I'm, I'm not at this girl house. I'm at the studio. I get ideas from all of that type of stuff. And it's usually from the extra people that's in the room. It's usually from that. So sometimes you need those people in the room. And, and I just want to set the record straight. You know, just because you got a bunch of people in your studio does not make it a bad session. Just because you got a bunch of people in the studio does not make it a bad session. What you do with the people in the room in terms of what you do with that energy determines if it's a bad session or not. I done been in sessions with a bunch of gangsters, uh, a bunch of LBTQ, a bunch of, you know, country people, you know, uh, all different types. I done been in sessions with everybody. And it all comes down to what you do with that energy will translate it to your music. That's the important part. 
even when you buy yourself, it's a little bit harder because now you got to bounce ideas and energy off of yourself or off of the producer or the engineer, which hopefully they're giving you insight and input and even having a conversation with you. But when you got your people in the room or people that you brought through, you get to bounce energy off of them. When you reciting a hook and you're saying it over and over again, you can look around the room and see if you're catching on to something. They'll let you know. My biggest record I've ever been a part of was it was a bunch of people in the studio. And the hook cannot, couldn't get out of people's heads. So we had to lay that down. Boom, it's a hit. Matter of fact, the girl that's on the hook, she never did music a day in her life. But we put her on the hook. Just for the fuck of it. And that's the that's that's actually the last, that's the last person I gotta talk about. Hold on. Let me get my Starbucks. Let me get my Starbucks real quick. The last person that's important is the person who doesn't have no musical talent, but that's willing to do something on the song. I call them the miscellaneous person. They're, they're, they're doing the miscellaneous stuff. And I know it sounds, I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds funny, but it's true. The miscellaneous person is somebody who would scream on a track, moan on the track, say this one line under your vocal, uh, do a skit with they with them yelling, doing a skit with them crying, um, all that type of stuff, doing crazy sound effects. This is the miscellaneous person. They're in a the room and they're doing whatever they're doing. You'd be like, yo, do me a favor. Do this for me real quick on the mic. I'm known for that. I'm a producer, so I'm known for that. Yo, do me a favor. Talking mumble under this part right here where he was saying what he was doing. Or do me a favor, uh, sing this little piece right here. It ain't gotta be perfect. I want it to be terrible. Cause what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna turn and put it in the deep voice and I'm gonna put it under the song, under the beat. Those people be adding a little accent of, the, uh, of dope shit on the song that you never even thought about that you never even thought about because they wasn't there in the room. But by them being in the room, you're like, oh, I'm going to put them to work. I'm going to have them do something. I'm going to have them do something. You know what I'm saying? Those people are important. They are the experience. You do the music, but they are the experience. They are the reflection of what you do in the booth or the energy. It feel good when you come out the booth and everybody rocking to your shit. They're like, hey, that verse is fire. Sometimes you need that to keep going. Sometimes you need that to continue on. It's important. For me, I'm not even going to lie, and, and people know this about me. When I'm in the studio, I call at least one or two people to come through. 
just come through just to just to chill. Like it's it's whatever y'all need here. Because sometimes you need that energy to bounce off people to continue to do what you do. Especially if I have singers that are like uh like like uh female singers, female rappers and whatnot. I call one of my homegirls and be like, yo, put up to the studio. Cause first off, I'm not I'm not gonna be in the studio doing no one-on-one with a female artist or female singer at all. I'm going to have my homegirl there so she can be the offset because I know, and, and not, no disrespect to nobody, but I know situations where when it's one-on-one person, things could get misconstrued. You know what I mean? And I've seen, I heard a lot of, you know, people say, especially like female artists that will say like, oh, this guy tried to come on to me or this guy tried to do this or he tried to jick me out some money or whatever. And I don't go for none of that. I don't play none of them games. So I always match a female's energy with another female's energy because I want it to be unequivocally clear that I'm here to do my job and I'm here to do work, B. So we're not playing none of them games. So I have no problem calling my homegirl and say, yo, pull up. Sometimes you need that ambiance. Especially like if, if like for me, if I'm producing a, a love record, yo, all right, my homegirls come through and y'all can have a conversation about talking about love. That's going to help spark the writing. That's going to help spark the way the beat is going to be laid. It's going to spark that stuff. So sometimes you need that. If I'm working on a record, you know, with a gangster, he got his gangster homies with him. Okay, cool. I'm looking at the room while we crafted. Cause I want to see if them niggas is like, oh, we don't, oh, this is this is some shit I could ride to. Not trying to promote violence, but hey, if a nigga feel like he can shoot to this record, okay, cool. I'm doing my job. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? So those things are important, and and I'm saying that to say this. And this is my last point. And I'm gonna get out of here. These days. We've been in a pandemic, right? So we haven't gotten a chance to be around people and really and really gig and really enjoy people. You know what I mean? So I'm asking when we get back to being able to be around people safely and securely, make your studio sessions the best it can possibly be. Don't just go in there and just be like, oh, I'm just going to get something done. Think about your studio sessions almost like your birthday. Like, what people would you want to see around enjoying? And what type of things do you want to see enjoying? At my studios, I pride myself and pride my team on creating the proper hospitality for people to be able to create some of the best music. It feels good when you you have plaques on the wall because your studio has been booked to work on some great music. So we pride ourselves on setting the ambiance. And even when you, you know, floating around and you traveling or whatnot, those other people that come along with you, they add the color and the energy to the records that you do. Don't count them out. They're not dead weight if you 
use them properly. Use as in, in a good way. Use the energy that they're given off. Use the knowledge or even the lack thereof to come up with a formula to do something. You know what I mean? You know, and I, I feel like that's important because we've been in the pandemic too long and we've been away from people too long. And I know that the artist that's listening to this, you know, they want to find their way back to doing some great music with great people. And when I get back to the studio, you already know, it's a full celebration. This weekend, when my guys come in town, you know, Lou, Sweets, Rax, Doughboy, Flea, GFO Jag, Me Fucks, when all these guys come in town, we are gonna create one hell of a session and one hell of a vibe. And we contribute in every level we can. And it's important. One more thing before I go. I promise you, this is the last thing. No yes men. Keep yes men away from you. Please. All these dudes that just say everything you do is hot fire, get them out the studio. Because there's always room to grow. I'm going to do a whole episode on yes men. So stay tuned for that. I appreciate y'all tuning in. You know what I'm saying? It's the Poly Rob Podcast. Y'all can see I'm in video form now. I'm going to be doing a lot of creative stuff for my videos. I got some guests coming on the show. I'm finna really upgrade and do my thing, y'all. I appreciate y'all tuning in. And y'all not finna get topics. I'm just keeping it 100. Y'all not finna get topics like these from everybody. Everybody else going to be on this surface level podcast shit. I'm trying to take it to the next plateau. Because I really want y'all to be well-versed and well-rounded with every level of creative nature. That's why I do my podcast. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate y'all tuning in. Make sure y'all subscribe. Like and subscribe. YouTube, iHeart, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Tune in. All Stitcher Radio. I'm everywhere. I'm not playing no games. All right? And I'll catch y'all on the next go-around. And I'll let y'all know how everything went uh, this weekend at the show's. And at all the listening parties, man. Peace, love, and work long.